In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Herzlich willkommen to the weekly anime performance review, the show where we review the performance of anime weekly. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I am John, your CEO of Weebs. I am Chris, your CEO of Running Through Stuff. And I'm Andrew, your CEO of Just Ignoring God. <laughs> ah, don't we all? But anyway, um, this is the last episode of Season 7? But this is the first episode that I'm recording from Germany, so hi, everybody. Uh, it probably doesn't sound any different to you, but it's way different to me. We only actually have one show to talk about this week, because everything else has already ended. Uh, so for this week, our only show to discuss is Sunny Boy. Why don't we go ahead and do that? In this episode, Nagara and Mizuho manage to return to their original world after all, but find it a bit disappointing that nothing has changed. Eventually, they both reconnect and realize that they both remember their two years adrift. Nagara also tries to reconnect with Nozomi, but encounters less success. However, he's hopeful for his future. Man, this show is really good. <laughs> I like it a lot. But yeah, this one had a lot of songs in it. I think it had like three or four songs in it. Yeah, so. which, you know, isn't weird for a normal anime, but I think last episode was the first time it had a song in it. Like, it had act like music in it i feel right it's had it's had like ambient music the whole time but i think this is it didn't have insert songs until like this one you know we've kind of talked about how this show is kind of about you know feeling adrift when you're moving into adulthood and how it's kind of a metaphor for that well because you know you're just going into this place where there's so much new possibility it's kind of intimidating. Uh, so it's it's a very powerful show to me. I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of. I feel like the first or like the middle of the episode when they're talking about how they got back here, it's a bit out there. <laughs> I I liked it though. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's par for the course for this show. But I, I did like the, um, like, Nagar and Mizuho afterwards and how they're dealing with it and how, like, they knew what was going to happen and that nobody else was going to know and all that stuff, but it's the future they chose, so they're content with it. Yeah. Even if they're not, like, even if they don't love it. And then, like, as they were leaving, Asakaze was like, everyone else left me behind. And, like, he was the only one left. Mm-hmm. Which, due to weird time fuckery, he could literally be the only one left or something, you know? Yeah. Or he could just mean they all moved on, like, mentally, and he's still doing whatever, you know? Because also part of Asakaze's thing was, like, he didn't... He wanted people to look at him and, like, appreciate him. Uh... I felt a lot of feelings during that ED. 
it was just acoustic guitar and the singer and like he was putting everything into that performance like it sounded like he was like starting to cry by the end of it to be fair i feel like he does anyways it's just a bit harder to tell with all the other stuff going on but anyway like honestly that that one performance kind of elevated the uh the ed for me i didn't really pay it much mind before this but i really like it now for some reason, acoustic covers are really good and get underused in anime, I feel. Honestly, like, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Everybody loves when, like, the OP gets played during the part during the show. And they, they either cry if it's, like, a romantic comedy or they, like, yell and cheer if it's shonen. Like, we've talked about this with uh, Dinah Zen on. Yeah. But... When it when when the when they inc- introduce a new when they introduce like a special new version of a song like when they make it part of the score, like at the end of uh, Evangelion when everybody's saying congratulations, this is a piano version of Cool Angel's Thesis makes me cry every time. Also, just because the last two episodes of Ava make me cry every time anyway. <laughs> Do we want to move into the awards now? Sure. All right. Uh, so, as usual, we have our same award categories we've had for several seasons now. We've kind of settled into a formula with these. So, our categories are Biggest Letdown, Biggest Surprise, Best OP, Best ED, Best Aesthetic, Best Cast, uh, Best Pairing, Best Character, and Best Show. Uh, so, we'll start, like usual, with Biggest Letdown. We'll get the bummer out of the way first before we move into the fun ones. I gave mine to... The detective is already dead, just because, like, I actually really like detective stories when they're done well. Like, I really loved um, Hyoka. Hyoka was great. Uh, and that's, like, that's like one of the best detective anime I've ever seen. This was not that. This show is just weird, man. Like, yeah. like there ha- you have to be a little grounded to do, like, a good detective story, because, like, the audience has to be able to follow the story. Because, um, like, you know... There's multiple kinds of detective stories. Like, you know, there's the kind where, like, you know, it's cold. It's a cold case, and like, you don't know who it is, and you know, it's part of the fun is trying to figure it out while the detective is figuring it out. And there's like the ones where you know who it is, but the detective doesn't, and it's all about like fi- seeing how he figures it out. This is kind of neither. <laughs> yeah, well, there's also the de- detective stories that are more focused on like the drama of it, where yeah. you're not really supposed to know who did it, mm-hmm. and most of the time of that, the detective then feels like this super smart person, but really just makes them look like they have plot reasons for why they get it right all the time. Where, like, they don't really show the evidence to us. Yeah, he just has, like, magical Jesus mind powers. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. That one was real disappointing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the most entertaining thing about it was, like... Uh... <laughs> Was seeing uh, Fubuki and Matsuri from Hollow Live in in a cameo, and just like <laughs> being that that one meme of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen. <laughs> uh, what were you guys' biggest letdowns? Um, I wrote you did because, like, it was a good show. They just had to throw like sexual assault stuff in there, and it's like, this is a good topic to talk about. But they weren't talking about it. You know what I mean? They were just doing it. I I just really don't enjoy the storytelling trope of like using 
like sex crimes is an easy way to make the make the villain hateable. I think what I I feel like what makes it even worse here is that it didn't really feel like it was to make the villain hateable. It just felt like they just did it because it never yeah. felt like there was an air of seriousness with it. Yeah. It was always kind of played at least a little bit for a joke. Yeah. Yeah, and like I'm not saying, oh, include sexual assault and everything, but like if you do it and do it well and like show repercussions of that or stuff like that, sure. This wasn't doing any of that stuff, yeah. you know? No. And so it's like the show was really good besides that, I feel. Yeah, it's actually nominated for some other categories. <laughs> yeah, so it's like if that wasn't there, like might be in the running for best show this season. Who knows? And it's not often that there's one thing that we can point to. Where it's just like, all right, that's what killed it for me. Because <laughs> if it wasn't there, I, it would have mm. lasted longer for sure. I don't know. I'm not going to say, oh, it would have lasted till the end, but it, it might have. No regrets. I'm done regretting things on this show. I think my biggest letdown was also Detective. Okay. Because, like, uh, originally I was choosing between Aquatope and that one, and I ended up going with Aquatope for, like, my pick for the season, but... Which is a good move, because it's Aquadope. Yeah. Uh, Next up on the list is Biggest Surprise. Um, For me, it was how long Girlfriend Girlfriend went into this season. Like, I figured we weren't going to like it, and we would fire it, like, the second or third week, but... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just so out there that I was just like, I have to keep watching. (laughs) We had way more fun than, with it than I thought we would, so I, I'm happy for that. Yeah. It didn't last to the end, but I think like I still enjoyed watching it while we did. I think it probably overstayed its welcome by a few episodes, but... Yeah, but we are hoping it was going to get better. Well, what, what killed it was how long Milica's arc lasted, I yeah. think. Well, it's because I don't know if it's necessarily it was her arc, or if it was just... That's what she was like... That's her character, you know? I think I, mean, I think a big issue is that, like, a lot of times, like, the pacing in a manga can mm. work really well in a manga, but then in an anime, it can feel really long or really fast just because they're adapting a certain number of chapters per episode instead of trying to get a good pacing. Yeah. And, a lot of the time, the jokes felt like they were being drawn out. Whereas, like, having read the manga and being able to make this comparison, it never really felt that way there. Yeah, yeah. and, like, good for girlfriend, girlfriend. Like, normally, how I feel like how we do this is that someone talks about the topic, and that's it. Like, because we've all added our biggest surprise or whatever, right? Oh, so we are, so we're unanimous on this one? I think so. I mean, if we if we want something different, I have a surprise from off the list. Sure. The Duke of Death and His Maid was actually pretty good. Oh, really? Uh, that that was the one that at the beginning of the season, y'all were like, "Oh, I think this is kind this is kind of trash because it has like bad 3D animation." But it was it I mean, turned out to be pretty good. Okay. Yeah, the trailer did not sell me on it. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know if it would have ended up making it to the end, but I've it was a fun watch, and it was 
I'd say like relatively wholesome. All right. So, uh, that is the biggest surprise. And next category is best OP. Who put I Know Supreme on here? Me. Tell me about it. Uh, it's the OP for Dragon Maid Season 2. Mm-hmm. And I just really like it. I think it's a fun song. I like it when OPs have, like... I guess EDs also have, like, the characters dancing and singing along. And I think it does a good job at showing, like, previewing everyone's arc for the season and what they cover with it. Honestly, I didn't have a good pick for this category. So I'm going to just agree with you on this one. <laughs> uh, so does that mean Andrew put on uh, yeah. the Bonnie Toss OP? Yeah, it's, it. it's not really that I'm like, oh, this OP is great. But it's more like I'm like, this OP was pretty good. And um, I don't know if we said the name. Sora to Utsuro um, from Vanitas. It's. It was the best one, I think, <laughs> out of the ten we had. Yeah. Or I guess nine, because um, Sunny Boy didn't have one. Yeah, I I didn't yeah. think that um, any of the songs from this season on our list were like absolute, like, knock it out of the yeah. bark, ten out of ten slammers like we've had yeah. some seasons. I did think that the OP did a good job showing Noe mm-hmm. and Vanitas' relationship mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, we've had some seasons where we had some just, like, god-tier OPs, like Odd Taxi. <laughs> That yeah. was that was such a good OP. <laughs> I still need to go back and finish that one. All right, best ED. <laughs> Let's keep this on track. Uh, we have two uh, things nominated up here. First is Zero by LMYK from Vanitas and uh, Shonen Shoujo by Jing Nang Boys. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. From Sunny Boy. <clears throat> uh, Andrew, did you also put this one up for the ED? I no. put both of them up. Okay. Uh, I, for one, really, really, really like the uh, Sunny Boy ED. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, like, on a, it might partially just be the visual presentation. Just, like, because this, this show does not have, like, the traditional anime ED where it's, like, where it's, you know, visuals like the OP. It's, it's just black background with white text credits with the song. Uh... And that combined with the that combined with a no op gives the show like a very cinematic feel, even though it's still like twenty two minute anime yeah. episodes. And also like the also the song slaps, and like the fact that there's no visual component to it gives you a bit more time to just kind of process the episode. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of the times, that I feel like the ed is more like hey. We're going to just kind of slow down and have some fun at the end. And like without the visual element, it just lets you stew in it a bit more. Uh, I agree with that. It's it's a it's a great ED. And honestly, like it's it's very fun to like because this episode likes to kind of this show kind of likes to end episodes on kind of shocking stuff. So just like the hard cut to that OP is really or that ED is really neat. Mm hmm. And it's weird because they're not normally like cliffhangers. No, it's more like, oh wait, they just killed Nosumi or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. spoilers. But I mean, if you've been following okay. along to the podcast, <laughs> 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 the 
This this podcast is basically always full spoilers, except for yeah. like the OVA episodes. Or the because like hiring. if you're doing if you mm-hmm. if you're doing a week to week discussion show, you really can't afford to not do spoilers. Honestly, <laughs> let's try it next season. No, spoiler spoil free wrapper. It's just like the episodes are like three minutes long. <laughs> it's like I liked it. It didn't like it. <laughs> this is bad. Let's fire it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Andrew, do you want to talk about the Vanitas ED? Sure. So I, I think this is one of the few English songs, or songs that's in English. I'm not going to say it's an English song. Um, that we've had on the show, right? I think I mean, so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's like an English and a Japanese version. Um, but all that to say. It's a really good OP. Like, I think the song's good, but it also um, has a lot of visuals of Finding Toss and Noe and the two of them and how, like, it has them, like, reaching for each other. So it's kind of like, you know, they they do want to be friends with each other and stuff and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, even though, you know, they hate each other, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I think it's, it has really good color choices mm-hmm. for all the backgrounds and everything because it's like bright pinks and blues and I'm just now I'm just like it's the bisexual flag, <laughs> but no, it's um just really good colors for everything and all that and the bi pride flag for the bi pride anime. Yeah, I mean to be fair, this was the most like bi pride anime we've had in a while. Yeah. The most Sinscathian. Well, that was just gay pride because there was like yeah, no, that that was just gay. (laughs) (laughs) I also liked how I feel like the song, like because it's in English, we get like the gist of the song, and I feel like it goes really well with the arc overarching story of the anime, where it's about basically these two people who for various reasons have kind of cut themselves off from other people and it's through each other that they're beginning to open up a bit more mm-hmm. yeah because no and vanitas both are kind of yeah but yeah well they're both a bit like uh out there from their communities do we have anything else to discuss on this uh topic i don't think so okay then let us move on to best aesthetic. First up uh, for best aesthetic is Sunny Boy, uh, which was, I think I put this on here. No, it was already on here. I put an Aquatope on here, but I'll still talk about Sunny Boy. Um, <laughs> I think one of this show's great strengths is that, like, its character designs are, like, very simple but very striking and very kind of grounded, actually, uh, except for a few, like, standouts, but, like... <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like the I, dog the dog <laughs> the dog with extremely human eyes uh who almost looks like like an ancient egyptian drawing of a dog or something but anyway um it's very much like i i think that's a good way to describe the characters they're striking with simple but like obviously like you know the backgrounds in the show get crazy uh like you know in this week's episode like when they were uh running back across the border to their own world it was nuts um so 
So like, you know, it's it's a mix of psychedelia with like very grounded uh stuff that gives the show a very appealing vibe to me. Uh it's probably gonna get my pick. Yeah. Or like sometimes when they go to a, this world, mm-hmm. it's sometimes normal and sometimes it's like yeah, and like, just a red void. Wait, like yeah, if you make a show about like going to a world where there's like um, endless possibilities, that's just like animation gold right there. And like they also had a lot of like, whenever they'd zoom out, it would sometimes switch to like watercolors because they didn't necessarily need as much detail. Like I think it did a really good job at using like limited animation when it needed to. Mm-hmm. But I guess next is Aquatope. Yeah. More like Aquatope. This one, I, I, you know, it's not like as out there as Sunny Boy necessarily. It's a lot more like closer to like, you know, typical 20th, 21st century anime style. Yeah, it's just really well done. But it's like, it's got very good post-production. Um, and I still think the designs are very, very good. And I think like the underwater... Yeah. Sections or like whenever they had like the connections to whatever they were connecting to, they would they were always really well done and had this sense of magic and wonder that I think goes really well with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like they did a good job of drawing fish, which you know, when you're doing a show about an aquarium you gotta do. I guess nah. they're eating fish. Who knows that they drew Screw it? fish. I hate them. Fish. Oh, John, I didn't know you were like that. Whoever wrote this said, I deity deities. Uh, who wants to talk about that one? So if you've listened to our regular show when we had this, um, you know that it's a very striking anime. Like, um, the first episode was up in the art taken so everyone had like this blue wash on them and it looked really mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. um or another thing is that this anime looks like it's from the 1990s almost just with its character choice and all that mm-hmm. but i mean it's animated like it's you know 2020 i guess 2021 um pretty, pretty sure the manga is from the 90s yeah, that would make sense then. But they like held true to that. You know, they didn't mm. change it to look modern. And so I think it looks very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, for... like, one of my... F- what mm-hmm. it is, yeah. I was wrong. The manga's from 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. One of... Well, is it, like, is it like from a mangaka who did like a manga in the 90s and came back and did another one? Okay. Um. Oh, the artist is uh, Dragon Maid. Oh, well, that explains the giant tits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, but like one of my favorite like visual things that you can do in any sort of project is like rather than just like making the shadows darker shades of the same color, like making them a contrasting color. Mm-hmm. It always looks so cool to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever looked at, like, the pixel art in Secret of Mana. But in that game, all the shadows are cast in blue, and it's really gorgeous. 
That's just okay. an example. So the uh, art is from the artist for the original manga is from Dragon Maid. The writer is for Ishizoku reviewers. Ah, that makes <laughs> sense. Well, there's that. Uh, next up is best cast, and we have three categories. I'm going to talk about Aquatope, I've decided. Um, we kind of had a uh, a leading pair in Fuka and Kukuru, who we'll, who we'll be talking about more in best pairing. But I feel like this show has, does, makes a really good use of its ensemble. Every character felt really well utilized, um, and they were all very, very lovable, I thought. Um, to the point where I really, really enjoyed like the roll call at the end there. Yeah, you know, they, everybody showed up in the last episode. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the standouts to me were I liked Umiyan a lot. You know, he. Uh, like he was I just liked, a nice old man. I, I liked everybody who worked at the aquarium. I think they're all really fun characters. Yeah, uh, this this ensemble is just really fun. Honestly, like, it's just one of those groups of characters you could just like watch do anything. Okay, um, so Sydney Boy had a good cast of diverse people, but honestly, the cast itself was almost a character, like the other classmates. Mm -hmm. um, just when, oftentimes, it's like, oh, Mizuho's the reason we're stuck in here, and then the class just gets upset at her, and it's not like one person that does it, and so I think they use that very well. Um, they also did a really good job, in my opinion, of giving everyone a power, whether it's an interesting or un like non-unique power. I always thought that was really good, and they did a good job of doing all that. And even though most characters are simple and basic looking, they're all unique enough that you know who's who. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good hard line to do sometimes. Yeah, I, I just think they do a good job of using the cast as a character, not just individual people from the mm -hmm. cast. But like also the individual characters are pretty are good and play off each other yeah. well too. Like yeah. Nagara and Mizuho and Rajdani and Nozomi. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly I like all these characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like the, the like the kind of smaller parts are fun too. Like the the two guys that are like two, they were actually one person that split apart when they came into this world. <laughs> They've yeah. just been fighting forever. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. So like this show has really really good like one episode characters too. <laughs> I also really like the episode where Cap was just talking about the monkeys, the whole the monkey baseball. That was such a <laughs> weird episode. <laughs> I loved it. I I wish we'd gotten to see monkey baseball, but oh well. Isn't it technically ape baseball because they don't have tails? Yeah. Baseball. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of baseball, you want to talk about best cast for Vanitas? Yeah, I think the cast of Vanitas is all really fun. I think everyone brings a different dynamic to the table and doesn't just feel like 
a reskin of another character from the show just because they can't be there at the moment. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Roland doesn't just feel like human Jean or... Like, they all have their different dynamics with the main characters. Mm. Yeah, this show is like every two, every two different characters is fun. Mm-hmm. And this show is one of the more interesting um, love connections. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, well, I'm talking about mostly about like Vanitas and um, like how everyone has like a string, like a web of them. Yeah, well, I was meaning like um the the girl. Domi. No, John. The, yeah, Jean and Vanitas, and how like she likes him but doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I think she's just Sundere. Yeah, maybe. But it's just, it's just that's just a fun dynamic to watch. Like, honestly, this cast kind of like I've never seen it, but it reminds me from what I've heard. Ranma one half is where like everyone is in love with someone else and like people have like two or three different people who have a thing for them from what i've heard i mean ramna is even more confusing because some people are in love with male ramna and some with female ramna yeah why not both because it was the 80s and i don't think they were that progressive back then <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> But yes, the the very fun romance dynamics of all these characters. Like, you, you could ship like any two of them and it would work, <laughs> except for like I don't know, Jean the kid. and yeah, the the kid and like Jean and and uh, Noe, I guess, because like they don't really interact one on one that much. But yes, uh, very very good uh, dynamics in that one. Mm-hmm. And speaking of dynamics and Vanitas, next up is best pairing. Uh, we've uh, on the list. We have Vanitas and Noe, and uh, Fuka and Kukuru. Uh, I'm going to talk about this first one because I want to. Uh, uh, Vanitas and uh, Noe are very fun because, like, they kind of have a they kind of have like a <laughs> sundere dynamic, even though they're not necessarily in a relationship. Uh, and then, like, I wouldn't call either of them like a traditional sundere, but they like kind of hate each other kind of can't exist without each other right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I always find that very entertaining. And, you know, by the end of it, they're they're pretty good friends. Like, they, they care about each other by the end. Mm-hmm. So I find it very fun uh, <laughs> seeing them interact and just kind of snipe at each other, but also, you know, care deeply for each other to the point mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, I think they love each other. Like, it comes off less as Sundere and more just their relationship is just bickering with each other. Old married couple type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they're able to work together and pull it out when they need to and stuff. Like C-3PO and R2-D2, we can actually understand R2. <laughs> uh, I think these... I think Fuka and Kukuru is a really nice relationship because they both want to support each other and... I, it's nice seeing them grow closer together and become friends. 
and like all pretty much sisters by the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to seeing where they go in the next core. Yeah, well, they they are like the driving force behind this anime. Mm -hmm. Like without their relationship, this anime doesn't exist. And yeah, it's just very interesting. Is not the right word. Um, it it's like it is nice watching their dynamic of how they care for each other, and they're both trying to chase their dreams together. Yeah, and I like how there aren't really any misunderstandings between them. Mm-hmm. At least, like. Mm-hmm. Ones that are just, like, frustrating. Like, you literally just need to talk to each other. Yeah, that classic gave me trope we know and love. Yeah. I think I think that's just a fiction trope, not anime. Yeah, what's, what's that, the name of that? Like, it's like, there's, like, a writer's name for, like, a plot that would just be solved if characters actually talk to each other. Oh, it's an idiot plot. That's what it's called. I think it's fine if there's, like... A five-minute segment where it's like someone's confused and they're afraid to talk to them about it. But when it's like that's the whole episode or a group of episodes. I don't mind idiot plots and comedies. And idiot plots can be fine when done well. Like when it makes sense where they're not communicating or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's not fun when that's the whole show and something but that's not the case here so it doesn't really matter yeah, fortunately idiot plots don't have anything to do with what we were talking about <laughs> as normal <laughs> it's like the exact opposite because they're actually very emotionally intelligent with each other which is just refreshing anyway um all right so our first choice for best character is kyoya from remake our life which um Remake Our Life hasn't really shown up much yet on our um, <laughs> awards, but I don't want to discredit it, which is part of the reason I put him on here. I wanted to put him on here just because I enjoyed watching him grow throughout this one. Like, you know, because he, he kind of gets the, you know, this chance uh, out of like a, the selfish desire to like, you know, do things over again. But once he actually has a chance to do things over again, he becomes a very selfless person to the point of self-effacement, honestly, uh, which I think is interesting. I can sometimes be like that myself. Uh, I'm trying to be better about like not just selling myself short or like worrying about the perception of others. Yeah, well, and like the second half of the season is all about him going to the future and being like, me doing this, like hurt these people or not hurt these people, but like took their dreams from them, kind of. Mm-hmm. But also not feeling guilt from it because it was their choice to stop following their dreams. And so that was just a very Interesting character arc. Next up is Vanitas. Who wants to do that one? I thought I think Vanitas is a lot of fun as a character, and I think it's nice seeing him kind of grow from just seeming like a goofy oddball into like we kind of see his reasoning where like. Like, he's not necessarily helping vampires because he wants to help vampires, but somewhat out of spite for his, I guess, mentor. Yeah. And 
who hated vampires and that there's just a bit more to him than just being goofy. Uh, I'll talk about Fuka, if y'all don't mind. Fuka's interesting because, like, she's the viewpoint character, and, like, it starts out being her thing, but, like, she's kind of an interesting sort of mixture of the viewpoint and the protagonist, right? Because, you know, most of the show is about her trying to support, or most of the show so far is about her trying to support Kukuru through what's been happening to her. Um, Because, you know, the episode, the first episode starts with her, like, kind of giving up on her dream. And deciding to live for someone else's for a little while while she figures out what to do from here. I think that's a very interesting dynamic because, like, she's been there. She knows what it's like. and She doesn't want to have to have anyone else have to go through that. So that's why she's so supportive and understanding to Kukuru. She's just a very nice character. And last up is Kukuru. Somebody want to jump on that train? Yeah, I really liked Kukuru. I think... Fuka was more passive for most of the season. Kukuru was more the driving force of fighting for her dream, whereas in contrast with Fuka, who had pretty much given up on hers. Mm. And so it kind of leads to this moment at the end where uh, Fuka has the chance to reclaim her dream after Kukuru has lost hers, and Kukuru is encouraging her to go on and live hers. Yeah, and, like, particularly, like, her, um, you know, part of the reason she's attached to the aquarium is because, like, you know, like so many things in media, it's about unresolved family trauma. Yeah. So part of it is her, like, working, finally having to work through it because she doesn't have, like, this retreat anymore because she just doesn't want to own up to the life has to change sometimes. So for best show, we have each of our shows that survived to the end. Vanitas, like, this one was a lot of fun. It, you know, uh, this, this might be sacrilegious, but it reminded me of Full Metal Alchemist in a good way. Uh, like, between, like, the fun kind of, like, urban fantasy setting and, like, the good character dynamics and the, uh, you know, like, this conspiracy angle. I got a lot of FMA vibes from this one in a very good way. Uh, very, very good show. Yeah, totally was reminded of that, too. Have you not seen Full Metal Alchemist? Wow. Okay. Fair enough. That that was I just know the vibe I should. I, I just haven't. Uh, I feel like I feel like another show that's kind of like that is Fire Force. So that should give you an idea of the vibe a little bit. But yes, uh, like very very like you know that's like it's the vibe I get from the very best of Shonen, which is what this is. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk about Aquatopes since it's your pick? I think this one goes for a more character-focused angle where it's more more about like how these characters are dealing with the potential of the aquarium closing and it kind of deals with what all of their dreams are because like each episode kind of focuses on a different person and how what the aquarium means to them and why they're there like Udon doesn't necessarily care about the aquarium, but she wants to come up with creative ways to use food, and she just happens to use the aquarium as a means to do that. Uh, Kuya is there because, like, he dropped out of high school and just ended up floating around until he got to the aquarium, and it kind of saved him. So it was, like, really the only place that he felt like he could be accepted. 
And just everyone kind of has a story like that as to why they're there. And it's just interesting seeing that happen. Sunny Boy, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, so Sunny Boy is a really fun anime that I don't think it's often that you can take like multiple lessons from an anime or like multiple mm-hmm. ideas from it. But this one does that like most, especially near the beginning, most episodes have like a different kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. So that's something fun that they do. Um, Sunny Boy also is a really interesting like character look at someone who doesn't really have any drive and is just along for the ride. And then what has to happen for him to um, end up caring and wanting to do stuff, you know? (laughs) It takes someone like Nozomi to get him motivated. And he stays motivated for her even after she passes. And so that's an interesting look at it. Yeah, I've already poured my heart about this show several times. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Last on the list is Remake Our Life. Uh, Kind of the unsung hero of the season, I'd say, just because we haven't talked about it much tonight. Uh, But, like, this show, like, (laughs) I had had somebody compare it to A Wonderful Life. Uh, I don't actually like that movie, but sure, I get where they're coming from. (laughs) Especially with, like, the arc we just had. Uh, where it flashed forward to, like, that timeline's 2018. I think, like, throughout the season, Andrew was kind of, like, I don't quite understand what this episode was doing. And I think, like, what I realized is that I think this is just, like, a representation of the looking back on your life and asking, what if I did this instead, and then following that to the natural conclusion... And so, like, when he goes back to the future, he just asks that question again. And, like, what if I did this instead? But yes, this one, I think, is really good. I, we haven't given it enough credit tonight, just because, like, yeah. like, it was a really, really strong show, just generally. Very fun concept that's played with very well. Like, it didn't, it wasn't necessarily the best at any of the categories, but it... It's a very good, a very good all-rounder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we ready to decide our winners for the season? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go in reverse order. We introduced ourselves, so Andrew goes first. Sure. Um, my votes for the case study of Vanitas, mm-hmm. because I think the characters do such a good job of making this fun to watch that even if like the story is kind of lukewarm at times, it's still like funny and entertaining, and I mm-hmm. I just think it did a good job of that uh chris i'm going with sunny boy just because i feel like it was the most consistent anime of the season and i think like i think most other animes had like one episode that we i just kind of felt was kind of off whereas i feel like sunny boy was more consistent and the visuals were always really good I'm also going to give it to Sunny Boy uh, for similar reasons, but also just because, like, I found it extremely emotionally resonant and, like, the mixture of just, like, you know, the mixture of, like, the very mundane with the very psychedelic is always very, very fun to me. So mm-hmm. seeing it here is, like, ugh, perfect. Love it. Donald Boyland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the funny thing is that Andrew just won this season without even voting for his own pick. 
Yeah, baby. You're welcome, John. He either wins yeah. or loses. No in between. That's true. Right? <laughs> so, this has been Season 7 of the Weekly Anime Performance Review. Uh, <clears throat> if you like us, if you follow us on Twitter, you can get updates and occasional funnies about our show, at Wappercast. Please do that. I would really appreciate it if you did that. Uh, we'll be back at you next time on... In a couple days, on Friday, we'll be putting out our um, catch-up episode that we recorded over the summer on um, on some of the shows that we've covered in the past on the podcast. Um, and then on the 22nd, we'll be putting out our October OVA episode on Eden Zero. We're kind of taking a month off because I just had a big move, and so we're give, we're uh, taking we're gonna do a shorter season eight uh, starting in November with six shows. And uh, there, but there will be a poll for season uh, eight uh, at the end of the month, so be sure to look out for that. And you'll be able to uh, vote in that poll if you follow us on Twitter. Please do. Anyway. This has been your weekly anime performance review, season seven. I am John, your CEO of Weaves. I have been Chris, your CEO of Running Through Stuff. <laughs> and I've been Andrew, your CEO of I am the Lorax, and I don't speak just speak for the trees. I am the trees. Beat boop ravioli.